Welcome back to Harmonize Your Life Conversations on Self-Care for Women of Color podcast with your host, Dr. Tony G. Alvarado. I am so, so, so delighted to have you back in the podcast studio with me and my guest who is coming uh, into the studio with us in just a few moments. Thank you again for following this podcast, for subscribing to my YouTube channel, for sharing uh, this podcast, wherever you are watching or listening uh, to us on today. I am so grateful for you and your, um, your engagement with this podcast. The Harmonize Your Life podcast uh, was started in the year 2000, right at the, at the top of the pandemic. And we host conversations here on self-care, health, wellness, fitness, all the things that make, um, make for a harmonious lifestyle. Um, and the guests that we've had on this podcast run the gamut. We've had uh, doctors, um, fitness professionals, health and wellness professionals, uh, nutritionists, medical doctors, psychiatrists, therapists, counselors, you name it, fitness trainers. We've had um, just your everyday woman, women in ministry, mothers, um, grandmothers. We've had women of every age bracket, young women, middle-aged women, older women. And we're just talking about the things that um, matter to us and the things that keep us healthy, keep us whole, keep us uh, um, uh, uh, living a harmonious and consistent life of fitness, health, wellness, and self-care. And so if you have been enjoying this podcast, I want to encourage you to, um, to continue to follow us continue to share these conversations uh, with your, your network, with women and men in your life, because listen, we perish for the lack of knowledge. And if we can have these kind of conversations that will change and improve the quality of our lives, I believe um, that, 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 um, that these conversations will help us and move us further into being and doing uh, what God has called us to be and do in the earth. All right. We want to be whole spirit, soul, and body. And I am so grateful for the men and the women who have come alongside me as guests and um, uh, podcast uh, conversationalists and uh, dialogue partners uh, to encourage us, to enlighten us, to inform us, and inspire us for living uh, lifestyles of harmony. All right. So I'm going to be right back right after this with our next guest. Stay Well, I want to welcome the Reverend Dr. Cheryl Coleman into the podcast studio. Let me give you a little bit about who she is, and then we will start our conversation. Reverend Dr. Cheryl Y. Coleman, PhD, APRN, MBA. Woo! You're doing all the things, girl. All the things. Uh, she is a native of Miami, Florida, an ordained minister of the gospel and a uh, holistic healthcare champion that promotes abundant life, 
on all 10 dimensions of health. She is a graduate of Miami Carroll City Senior High. She worked in the field of dentistry for several years, but knew, but knew that there was more purpose to her uh, to fulfill. After much prayer and thought regarding a, a career choice, she knew that nursing was the purpose for her professional career. As a result, she entered the nursing profession in 1995 after graduating from Miami Day College. Once becoming a registered nurse, um, she applied her knowledge base, communication skills, and compassion to serve others to make a difference within her profession. Based on her exceptional clinical um, performance, professionalism, and desire to provide quality health care, she was quickly promoted up the ranks. She served in various capacities such as staff nurse, charge nurse, nurse director, clinical education director, associate vice president of critical care, and emergency services, and most recently, nursing professor. Her colleagues describe her as a very caring, competent, a role model and professional in the healthcare delivery. Dr. Coleman's academic background is similarly outstanding. Um, she, um, she's graduated magna cum laude from Florida International University in 1998 with a Bachelor of Science and a Master of Science in Nursing in 2002, as well as an advanced practice certification as a nurse practitioner. In her quest for entrepreneurship, she obtained a practice, I mean, I'm sorry, obtained a master in business administration degree in 2011. Desiring to serve her profession and the underserved communities in a greater capacity, she furthered her studies and received a doctoral degree in nursing at Barry University in 2021. She has additionally received several awards of recognition to include the first humanitarian award for her leadership and community service, and she also received the Leadership Excellence Award from HCA Cedars Medical Center for achieving high level of employee satisfaction, as well as the Hall of Fame Award from Miami-Dade College. She is an active member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, which I don't hold any, any, um, we hold, we don't hold that against her. We do not, we AKAs don't hold that against her. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so Dr. Coleman is the founder of the Abundant Life Health and Wellness Resulting Services Incorporated. And she is also um, the executive administrator to the pastor and director of congregational care at the Friendship Missionary Baptist Church. She has over 30 years of experience in healthcare. She is a, um, a faith leader. She is a mother of four wonderful children, a grandmother of five amazing grandchildren, and she contributes her accomplishments to her belief in God and the wonderful purpose and plan for her life. I want you to help me welcome a new sister, a new um, uh, person to our podcast, and that is Reverend Dr. Cheryl Coleman. Thank you for being in the podcast studio with me today, sis. Thank you so much for having me. I'm absolutely excited. And uh, I am grateful to hear about all the wonderful things when we first got connected that you're doing to help make sure that uh, we're healthy and whole mind, body, spirit, and soul. So I'm absolutely excited to be here. Yeah, you know, deep calls unto deep. So 
when we met at the Women in Ministry Conference, um, we, we met there and it was an immediate connection in our spirit. And um, then when we got to talking and found out that we had similar uh, backgrounds and passion around health and wellness. Now you went on much further in nursing school than I did. I dropped out of nursing school and went the route with my education. But you finished all of, you went to the highest level in your nursing career. And I just salute you since my mother was a nurse. And so I have such an affinity to nurses. And so, yeah, 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 yeah. So thank you for being in, uh, uh, agreeing to come on and let's talk a little bit this month around, we're going to talk today around the issue of compassion fatigue. And we're going to talk about self-compassion and just the whole idea of overcoming compassion fatigue. And we, you and I know being in the helping professions, being a nurse, you're being in, in healthcare and ministry, me primarily being in ministry, being a coach, a leadership coach, a life coach. Um, we're about people, right? And um, Wayne Cadero in his book, Leading on Empty, he talks about the idea that people who are, are, are about leading people oftentimes find ourselves leading on empty. And we find ourselves being worn out. And it's our passion, it's our call. But sometimes we are not as good with putting the necessary boundaries in place for us to be healthy as we do the work that we do, right? Absolutely. So talk to us a little bit about your journey, your nursing career journey, what led you in there, and then talk to us about this idea of compassion fatigue. Define that for us, uh, if you will. Sure, sure. Um, uh, just a little bit about my nursing journey. Um, after high school, you know, getting a job, we were always taught at least finish high school and get a job. And so dentistry is where I, uh, I started out. But as I was um, serving there, I recognized there was something a little bit more. And that something more came out of uh, my blended father, who was a young man at that time who had hypertension, um, did not take his medication because of some of those side effects that happens with hypertension medication, wound up with kidney failure, right, as a very uh, young man. Um, and uh, so he went on dialysis. And so I'm thinking dialysis, you know, what's that? And so our family is going through this whole journey of, you know, learning about dialysis. And because he was young, uh, he got on the transplant list. Mm. And God is so amazing. When you're on the transplant list, it takes a little while. As he left the doctor's office, back then they had beepers. Before he got home, he got a beep that he had a kidney. That started the journey. And so um, when he got his kidney transplant, um, he had some setbacks. Um, coded a couple times and the nurses were absolutely phenomenal. And I said, as I'm growing up, that's what I want to do to be able to make a difference because I attribute um, the additional years to great nursing care that he got. And so um, I just applied myself. You know, I still worked full time and hustled. We, we do it our black girl magic and, and having your kids and your family and uh, went on my journey with nursing. And so um, it was not an easy job. That's you said yeah. you 
we didn't stick it out, right? Well, I almost didn't stick it out if it wasn't for my pastor counseling me at that time um, that I can do all things. And so with that, um, we went through and I just promised God, I said, Father, if you help me to make it through, I promise to serve your people with everything that I have to help um, people to be whole. And so that's really that started my nursing journey. Um, critical care ICU was um, my passion. You know, I wanted to just bring people uh, into their fullness. And so I did that for several, several years. Um, and I recognized something, um, Dr. Alvarado, when I was on the inpatient side, that's where we can just treat you. But the real work is in the community. And I just started something a little bit different, even though I continue to, you know, to move through the ranks and serve at different levels. There was always something on the outside. And so as I was working full time, I was in my community for about 25 years, going to the churches, giving health education. Um, you know, people would come to me in the community and you're linking them to services. And so um, I just said, you know what, there's a little something more than, you know, where I am in the acute setting. And so um, I birthed a nonprofit which is our Abundant Living, Health, yep. and Wellness. <laughs> and I taught um, from there um, and, and, you know, did my nursing, but I knew that there was more. And so I just set up shop in the community. I stepped out of the acute care setting, uh, working here in the community um, with health education. Uh, in my community here, helped to, as a healthcare consultant, um, initiate um, various health uh, programs um, here to help people be healthy and whole. And so, um, and then um, pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I had there when we talk about compassion fatigue right now, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Pandemic hit, it shut us all down. Mm -hmm. um, we know that, you know, life was, um, we never expected that. It didn't even prepare me for nursing school. I don't even remember during the pandemic. We did the epidemic, but not the pandemic, right? Yeah, yeah right. Um, when you think about the pandemic and all that we went through um, as a people, there was a lot of trauma. And so when we talk about um, compassion fatigue, which is similar to burnout, um, yeah. mm -hmm. the difference mm -hmm. is uh, compassion fatigue is really more of an indirect result of the traumas, right? For those who are in the helping and the caring professions. Women, we're in helping and caring, right? Whether it's in our home, uh, sometimes on our jobs, wherever, we're helping and we're caring. We know healthcare professionals, right? Um, but people in ministry, uh, for us here, when the pandemic hit, yeah. you know, the amount of funerals that we did mm -hmm. when no one was doing them, right? Because right. I was the first, you know, our church was one of the ones that we would do. It was a lot of um, indirect trauma. Indirect trauma simply means it's not your personal trauma, but because you're helping the other individuals, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. well, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. you're, you're getting some of that as well. So when we talk about compassion fatigue, that's simply what it is. That's that overload of indirect trauma that we've all kind of suffered um, moving through this um, pandemic. And we get exhausted, right? There's a physical exhaustion, mental, right? But really big about compassion fatigue is your spiritual man, right? Mm -hmm. The Bible tells us the spirit of a man can bear any infirmity. And that's in the book of Proverbs, right? Mm -hmm. so that caring for people even at the bedside, right? When they're spiritually in a good place, um, that helps to uh, with physical healing um, and all other healing. And so with compassion fatigue, it's really huge around your, your um, spiritual and your mental and your emotional, right? And we know that when those are out of whack, those dimensions, then we're going to um, see it in our bodies. And so I'm grateful that we're talking about compassion fatigue, um, and and how it really affects many of us, right? It even affects our children. And right, we right. That 
versus the indirect trauma. And so if we had to put a definition on it, um, compassion um, fatigue, you know, broadly defined is um, the emotional and the physical and the spiritual distress uh, to those who are providing care for somebody else, right? And it's associated with a trauma that's there. And so um, that's uh, you know, what compassion fatigue is. That, and you know, and and I'm glad you defined it. And 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 you're right. Is so it's similar to burnout. Mm -hmm. So is it the is it the same as burnout? Like, or is it, or is is it a cousin to burnout? Like, is it or is burnout a result of compassion fatigue? Um. So um, it probably is. Probably, if you had to link it that way, it mm -hmm. can be a result of it because okay. when we look at the signs and symptoms, they show up the same way. Um, but clinically, and as this is evolving, the compassion fatigue, right? The the huge indicator is those who are um, um, really receiving that indirect trauma, those traumatic experiences. Huge in ministry, right? You're counseling and you're coaching people who have been right. victimized, right? Mm -hmm. You know, they've been raped, they've been shot, right? And multiple deaths and grief. Um, and so when you are um, in that type of um, helping profession um, and you're hearing all of these things indirectly, you are being traumatized. And so that's kind of a little bit the difference of burnout. Burnout is I'm working 12 hours, okay. or 15 hours that okay. way. But the okay. compassion fatigue, the, the linker is the, the internalization of the trauma that's happening around us. And, and, and like you said, what I, I really appreciate the way you defined it. You said it may not be my personal trauma, but because I'm an empath, right? Because I am uh, caring for other people. I'm in the people profession, the helping profession. I, empathy goes along with that. And so I have to be able to connect with you at an emotional level. And so when I get done connecting with you, then I feel what you're feeling. Yes. You take as, it I'm, as I'm connecting with you, I mm -hmm. begin to feel what you're feeling. And so that the result of that is the compassion fatigue is what I'm hearing you say. Yes. Yes. Okay. And it's also called, you said the word empathy fatigue. You can use either, either or. Okay. So, yeah. 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 You know, um, what's interesting after I um, finished, when I finished, when I did the, you were in the session that I did on grief, right? at the Women in Ministry Conference. And afterwards, um, after the ministry, well, first of all, in preparing for the ministry, I had to kind of walk through some places of grief, uh, revisit rather some, some of my grief in preparation for that workshop and um, for, for that uh, session. And what, what was amazing to me or what I, what I didn't anticipate was Afterwards, the number of women that came to me afterwards to share their stories, their grief stories with me. And some of them had not processed their grief. And it was the first time that they were really being confronted with their grief after, as a result of the presentation. Um, and so with so many women coming to me and sharing their stories, I found a couple of days after the conference, I was just worn out. And I realized it was compassion fatigue because I had to meet these women at an emotional place and constantly hearing over and over again their stories 
And every time I would hear their stories, I was connecting. Yes. Yes. So I, I think I understand what you mean. Yes. And that's a great example. And by the way, you did an amazing job. One of the other things that I do is equipping congregations with grief ministry. So I teach grief and loss and every session um, that um, I'm taking individuals through those trainings, they may show up because the pastor put me in this and we got to get our grief ministry off, you know, off the off the road. But once they get in um, the actual training sessions, I already know um, that yes, I'm training them, but at the same time, you're promoting some healing in them because mm -hmm. you're right. They don't always, you know, uh, think about, um, you know, or you know, allow themselves to emotionally go with they go through, go roll through uh, mm -hmm. what they need to get through around grief. And so, mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's exactly that's a great example. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, do you have a personal story that connects to? this whole issue of compassion fatigue um, that you can share with us? Uh, I can share my own story. Uh-huh. <laughs> a personal story. Yes. Story. Uh, and the reason I am passionate about this is, again, um, just like you, you shared um, in this type of profession, and sometimes uh, people might not even know that you're in the profession, but you just have something about you where people will share their stuff, right? They will. Right. And so it doesn't mean that you have to be professionally. And I hope those who are listening here are hearing what you're saying. So because you even said it earlier, you said as women, you know, we're whether we are nurses, doctors, pastors or in what some would call helping professions by nature, we women help. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. We're helping mm -hmm. our children. We're helping our husbands. We're helping our partner. We're helping family, friends, girlfriends. That's kind of the role that we play in, in, in society and in people's lives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so go ahead, say more about that. And, 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 and that was the eye opener for me. Like I would go around championing, teaching and training. I'm the cheerleader for health. And, 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 you know, pretty much a little bit after the pandemic and, I just started, you know, thinking, okay, we're coming out of the pandemic, even in the midst of the pandemic, I finished a PhD. I'm like, oh, you know, I was prospering in the pandemic. Right. Um, but it allowed me enough time to shut down from the hustle and the bustle, begin to sit with, you know, myself. Um, and even though I was still serving, um, there were th some things that I started to feel in my body, which I never did. My blood pressure's always pretty much been good, been able to keep a certain kind of weight and a certain energy level. But then when I started to see, you know, my energy is not necessarily the, the way that it used to be. Um, I'm a little more crankier. And the huge um, red flag for me is I would cry at the drop of a hat of somebody's sad story. I started to feel numb. Like I, w I was, I was more robotic. I was doing what I was supposed to be doing, showing up in church, you know, praying for the sick and doing all these things, but it was more in like a robotic kind of way, right? Where I was not even allowed to feel because I had gotten off of my rhythm. Thank God for the women in ministry dancing with God, sacred rhythms, right? It put me back in a space, right? And it took me, you know, I was off of my rhythms of doing the things to care for myself. Um, um, I did a little, you know, caring for myself physically, but I'm talking about when you talk about compassion fatigue, it's soul care, not just self care, the physical body, 
soul care. Yeah. And so I was really off. And that started, you know, me to thinking, oh, my God, you know, it's not like a whole bunch of things have been going on in my life that was so horrible for me to feel this way. But then I started to think it was not all my stuff. It was other people's stuff that compiled and I was not uh, properly releasing it. And so um, if you think about compassion fatigue, you know, you have your, your car, right? And we got full and we got empty, right? Right, and right. Compassion mm -hmm. fatigue has stages. And so if you don't mind, I'll share those stages. No, please, please. You're teaching us. Thank you. This is, this is kind of like how I was, right? And so, and even for those people who are like caregivers, because um, I do um, also with caregivers, mm -hmm. um, um, the compassion fatigue. So they're, they're like five stages. And think about even whether you're a caregiver who just started in ministry, you're a, a um, you know, pastor, you're just starting out. It's what we call like the zealot phase, right? I got an assignment and okay. I am. I, I'm on zeal, I'm on fire, I'm going to serve and I'm going to do all of this, right? And your tank is full, right? You got some good practices in your life, you're handling uh -huh. well. And so, oh, I'm loving this, I'm doing this, right? And then you start to say, you know, maybe year one comes around and this is now not necessarily um, in zeal, but I'm a little irritable now, right? My tank is starting to come down over time, right? Because I've gotten off of my rhythm. I'm doing what I needed to do to keep me um, fired up in the assignment. And so the irritability phase comes. And when that irritability phase comes, again, you start to see some things in your body, in your mood, and how you are interacting. And people around you might start to notice. If you were cheery, cheery, now you're not so cheery, right? You're not smiling, right? <laughs> That's what we call the irritability phase, right? And caregivers really have this because after the pandemic, so many people became mm -hmm. caregivers, not professional. They just are down full-time, 24-hour caregivers based on the things that happen outside of the pandemic. And they, you know, they feel this way, right? And right. so after that zealot phase and the irritability phase, then there's something that called the withdrawal phase, right? That tank is really starting to come down, right? Mm -hmm. And so now you're getting a little more robotic. I'm doing what I need to do, but not with the fire, not with the zeal, not with the happiness, but out of a duty. And so you do it that way, right? Well, and so that third phase again, say it again. This is the withdrawal phase. Withdrawal. So the zealot phase, then the irritable phase, and then the withdrawal phase. That's three? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Those, mm -hmm. those are three. Let me, and write, then, these Let me write these down because you, you're teaching a whole workshop here. I mean, we're going to we gonna have to have you back and we'll talk about this a little bit more. Okay, go ahead. I'm, I'm a student, so I'm writing. Yeah, yeah. And me too. Me too. I'm a learner by nature, right? And uh -huh. so... And that's one of my things that helped me, you know, to move through. So we'll talk about those things that um, help us along the way. Okay. And so with that withdrawal phase, you start to even sometimes now not necessarily interact with people in your family, right? So it's not even the outside professional things that you're doing, ministerial things. It's now creeping inside your house. Okay. Um, and if you don't do something, right, the tank is going to continue to go down and you're going to be in what we call the zombie phase, right? And the zombie phase ain't nothing fun about what you're doing. You're just absolutely showing up on autopilot, just doing it with no feelings. You're numb, right? And um, that is a very dangerous um, um, phase. And if we don't do something, you know, our body is crying out for us to do something, our minds and our soul, right? But we may not necessarily recognize it, but because you're bringing attention to this, yes, 
we thank God for those who are going to now recognize this um, and prayerfully not have to go to this fifth phase. And the fifth phase is what we call pathological or victimization versus maturation and renewal. So at this particular phase, you're either going to start having pathological conditions in your body, high blood pressure, kidney disease, heart disease, depression, right? Some of those things that you never, never, you know, really had, right? And, and, and I said with mental, um, I call it mental wellness. I know they talk about mental illness, but I say mental wellness, right? We're all one situation away from a possible diagnosis mentally. So mental health is a lifelong journey. So in this phase, it can not only show up in your body, but it starts to show up in your, in your mind and in your soul. And so you got a choice to make. Either you're going to stay there and be the victim and say, woe is me, right? There's nobody in ministry that can take these assignments. So I'm going to keep on doing it to my detriment, right? Mm -hmm. On the job, there's nobody that can do the job just like you. You keep doing it to your detriment. Yes, you are helping us today. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. You're teaching a whole yes. workshop on this podcast. Oh, my Lord. This yes. is amazing. Okay. Yes. So the, the, the when we get to the disease phase, or I, I call it pathology or disease mm -hmm. victimization phase, woe is me. Mm -hmm. Nobody can do this but me. Mm -hmm. And I'm wearing myself out unnecessarily. Yes. Okay. okay and you can ahead. keep doing that. And functioning like that. And some people do. And they do it to their detriment, right? Where they're no longer, they're all broken down or the person they're caring for outlives them, right? So you're there, right? Um, you got a choice to make, right? There's a choice for you. And the other side of that pathology and victimization is what we call maturation or renewal. You can begin to mature, right? And get the renewal and the refreshing that you need. And that's why we want to bring awareness to this um, because everybody needs to have their own self-care plan. And, and that's right. one of the things right. that, you know, um, you know, are coaching and help people through when we talk about the 10 dimensions of health. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to be intentional about your self-care um, plan, right? Your self care or compassionate, however you want to call it, you've got to be intentional because we're um, uniquely and individually made and what works for this one may not work for that one. Right. And so in this maturation and renewal phase, which I found myself in, I made a choice and I said, Jesus came for me to have life and he came for me to have it more abundantly. Right. I'm going to serve him until I die, but not to my detriment. I am going to do what I need to do to take care of the temple that he has given me. And so that means I had to make some adjustments, right? Mm -hmm. I could not be that, you know, nobody can do it like Dr. Coleman, you know, mm -hmm. let her do it and put this on her plate and put that on the plate. No, I had to learn to begin to set the boundaries and begin to do the things in rhythm to take care of myself so that I can still do what I'm called to do. Cause I know that I'm called to do this, right? But mm -hmm. I don't think we were ever called to do it to our detriment. And so that's where we have to come into play to recognize all of these things. And as we move through our assignments, um, take care of our temples. You know, just as we are called to love our neighbor as ourself, it's not always just love. The, if you love yourself, right, you can properly. You. If, and I live by the rule. And I, uh, when I teach on this whole thing of self-care, I tell people, you know, you that using the same scripture, love your neighbors, you love yourself. You cannot love your neighbor if you don't love you. Mm -hmm. And as a matter of fact, to the degree that you love yourself will be to the degree that you can love your neighbor. But if you're, oh my Lord, these phases, zealot phase, irritable phase, withdrawal, zombie, pathological victimization phase. And then to turn it around, we must go through 
the maturation and renewal. Yes. Okay. Yes. Wow. This, yeah. this, I'm telling you, just, you just helped us. I mean, yeah. you just, you just really helped us. So, Doctor Doctor Coleman, what are some strategies that you recommend for women who are struggling with this whole compassion fatigue? What? How do they get in touch with themselves? To notice now, I noticed you said earlier that you started noticing some things about yourself. Are there some signs that we should be looking for just off the top, or what are some strategies we can do to turn it around in this um, in this maturation and renewal phase? Yeah, um, and so um, as it relates to um, like the signs that show up, it's almost the same signs that's similar to burnout and depression, right? You begin to have a lack of energy. And so we know that we should be able to, right, if we were functioning the right way, eating and sleeping, drinking our water the right way, we mm -hmm. should be able to carry out our daily activities and have 20% of energy left at the end of the day. Well, we know that that's not necessarily the case. And so when your energy level is really, really low, um, you're irritable. Sometimes your vital signs can be off. Um, mentally, you get brain fog. So the things that you used to be sharp in, you're no longer, you know, sharp in those, those things. You're lose drive and initiative and it really becomes like a weight and so for me um and it and and, and i don't super spiritualize but i also uh the lord gives it to me the natural and he's trained me in the supernatural and so for me it showed up between the hours of 6 a.m and 9 a.m where there was literally like something sitting on my body well, we know that those are the mornings when Jesus was moving and shaking and, you know, stuff was getting done. Right. And so I recognize I got to stop this because I don't have the energy to get up to do what I'm called to do. And so I had to make some adjustments um, to um, not have that physical, um, 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 I guess, weight that was necessarily on me. So definitely changing around uh, my eating, going back to eating a lot better. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. being intentional about sleep. And yeah. so we need that um, seven to eight hours of sleep and being intentional about that, meaning you had to prepare for sleep. We don't prepare for sleep. A lot of times we just, mm -hmm. we're, we're and just plop down. Right. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes when we're down, our brain is continuing to move and you're really not getting the REM sleep and the rest that you need. So being intentional about that minute, Stopping social media at a certain time, right, turning right. the TV at a certain time to allow your body to come down, right? To begin to get back into the rhythms that work for Cheryl. So the rhythms that work for me, I'm a learner, right? Mm -hmm. And so when I'm learning things, it just stimulates me. Mm -hmm. So I just happen to like to learn the Bible, right? So that mm -hmm. stimulates me. Somebody else, it might be a novel or whatever that is. Mm -hmm. You have to find your own um, rhythms for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One of the other things that I encourage is every therapist needs a therapy. Therapy, mm -hmm. and so um, I uh, mm -hmm. I'm an advocate of it, and I'm no longer preaching it. I actually, reached out, you know, for my for my own, and even if it's, you know, I know we uh, go to, you know, we should have a checkup maybe twice a year. Some mm -hmm. people do once a year, but mm -hmm. I think uh, the mental piece should be. I think have a yeah. Mm -hmm. I, was in, I, I was in therapy for a whole year um, before my mother passed. When I talked, we talked about the whole grief thing. I went into therapy before she passed. And then I and then I stayed in therapy for a whole year after that. Um and and now what I do is a just a quarterly or maybe an annual check-in mm -hmm. just to make sure that I'm I'm healthy and I'm 
processing my grief because it's a journey and it's never going to end or, or, or just processing life. Right. And, um, and so I believe I'm an advocate for therapy. I've been, I've had several therapists in my lifetime for different reasons. Um, but most recently it was grief therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, we, every therapist needs a therapist. Every coach needs a coach. And, um, I just appreciate, I love what you're doing here. I love what you're doing here. Talk to us about the services that you provide at Abundant Life, uh, Abundant Living, uh, okay. Abundant Living Health and Wellness Resort, Result Services. Tell us about some of those services that you provide. So life coaching is a part of that. And I do it on the 10 dimensions of health. And what that is, is um, as those who um, are, are connecting with us, there is an assessment that they get on each dimension because there are 10 dimensions, right? Uh, five inner and five outer. And you take that assessment, right? To assess where you are, because um, we may show up great in eight spaces, but there may be two. So that's how you make yourself individualized plan based on where you are in that particular moment. And so we're just coaching them through, you know, um, some people need their help on the social dimension of health. And so, you know, we got to we got to work on that. And, and if it's mental, then, you know, we work on that. Right. If it's financial or occupational. Right. We work on that. Um, and, and so that's where my uh, community uh -huh. organization hat comes uh -huh. on, because there are social determinants that are causing many of us not to be able to um, maneuver in um, in health and can cause us to come into all of these spaces. So, um um, life, um, life coaching and health coaching, rather, um, that is one of our um, services that we provide. Uh, we also uh, work with community initiatives. And so an example of that when COVID came, right, mm -hmm. um, and we had the, the, the scariness in our, in our Black communities about vaccination. So they reach out to the influencers that's working. And so I hope to connect individuals, uh, carry the messaging, right, as I partnered with Live Healthy Miami Gardens here. And so we do that. And our most recent um, now uh, service that we're going to provide is around health literacy. And so um, I'm, I'm studying Bible literacy, but health literacy uh, is something that we need to train those who are working in the profession um, mm -hmm. so that they're able to provide the care at a level where people can understand it and make um, healthy choices. And so um, as a health consult a consultant, I help to uh, communities to initiate um, when those dollars come down uh, health strategies for um, the residents. Um, and so wow. those are some of the things. And then the last thing with congregations and churches, uh, my PhD is um, around black health and the black church. Um, how does the black church help to shape uh, the health behaviors of its black parishioners, right? And so um, a lot of the training and equipping is there in the church. Our nursing ministries is not supposed to just ban you when somebody fall out. No. Exactly. It's exactly. The part of it's the new congregational care where you have a congregational care team with members of those 10 dimensions that really help our pastors to do what they're called to do and get out of some of the weeds of the other stuff. And so in that um, in that way, uh, training equipment and most of the training equipment have been around uh, putting um, health models in the various uh, churches and conventions. Uh, but the biggest uh, one, um, Alvarado, is grief. And I want to share this. I'm writing a book, Grief, the Great Teacher of Relations. Every single disease process, every single trauma, every single bad experience we have, you know who's at the heart of it? Grief. Grief. Mm -hmm. Yep. When we 
and we are a grieving nation and world with mm -hmm. all of this wars, rooming and war, pandemic, all of us, we are a nation that's grieving and we've not always been taught how to grieve healthy, right? And that starts not when we're adults, right? Because we've already developed our mechanisms. It starts when we're children. How are we teaching our children? How are we modeling that? And how are we using emotions? Because God gave us emotions. They're not bad. You know, they say, oh, she's so emotional. He's so emotions are given to ground and to guard us and to guide us in life. And so how do we uh, maneuver that? And so a lot of my work uh, and training and equipping in our churches and conventions is around um, uh, grief. Wow. So those are some of the services. I am, you're just a wealth of knowledge and information. I mean, goodness, this is so, so inspiring. I mean, I mean, it's inspiring for me. Um, amazing. Your program sounds a lot like my intentional self-care program that I run with the women that I coach in health and wellness. I went back and got a certification in health and wellness coaching in 2021 through the American Fitness Professionals Association. And I started the program and our, our work is so similar. And I know that's why we connected. And I do want the uh, persons that are watching us or listening to us to know where they can find you and connect with you. Um, so for those of you that may be listening and not on YouTube, if you're not on YouTube, I'm going to invite you to go over to my YouTube channel at Dr. Tony G. Alvarado. Subscribe to my channel and share. Subscribe and share this channel because we perish for the lack of knowledge. We are really, really, really wanting to get this information out. We have these, I'm telling you, Dr. Coleman just did a whole clinic over here on this podcast conversation. And you're getting this by just watching or listening to this podcast conversation. And I want to thank my community. I want to thank the women who are part of the, uh, the Harmonize Your Life Women's Self-Care Network. I have a group of women who um, have connected with me. They sold into this by way of membership into the network. And if you want to join this network, please go to my website at drtonyalvarado.com. This is the type of work that we're doing in the network. And it's the women who are part of this network that helped me produce this podcast because I have to pay for, you know, equipment and, and uh, uh, production and all the things that I have to do to make sure that we can get this information out to our community. And this stuff is archived on my YouTube channel. Um, and you can go there. I tell people all these episodes are archived there. Just like you binge on Netflix and your um uh, and Bridgerton and all your favorite uh Netflix flick shows, binge on the Harmonize Your Life podcast. Go from F -F -X, um, episode to episode and learn. These, these episodes are here to motivate you, to inspire you, to give you information, life changing, life-saving information. We have had, and we don't bring, we don't bring, we, we bring the best. We bring people who are trained, who are qualified, who are certified and top in their field, whether it's financial, whether it's uh, physical health, financial health, whether it's um, 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 relational health, relationships, coaching, whether it is um, um, uh, mental health, whether it's spiritual health, all the dimensions, those 10 dimensions that Dr. Coleman is talking about, social health, 
All those things matter to who we are and, and they make us harmonious and whole in our living. And so we bring men and women who are professionals in these areas, who are teaching us, admonishing us, training us, inspiring us and informing us so that we can live uh, better lives, all right? That we can live the abundant life that Jesus came for us to live, right? He said that I came that we might have life and that we have it more abundantly. And I'm afraid we're leaving it on the table. We're leaving a whole lot of life on the table. You know how they say you're leaving money on the table? Mm -hmm, Some mm -hmm. of us are leaving a whole lot of abundant life on the table because we're not learning these, these principles and applying these principles to our lives. And so I want you to go there. Um, and if you want to join up with us, um, um, the Intentional Self-Care Program is um, we're taking applications now for the Intentional Self-Care Program. You can email me at hello at drtonyalvarado.com and you can learn more about that and how you can be a part of that. Dr. Coleman has programs. You can go to her website. Let me put her website up here. Da uh, Abundant Life. It is uh, Abundant Living, hwrs.com, AbundantLivingHWRS.com. Go to her website and follow her. Follow her on Facebook, on her Facebook page, Abundant Living Health and Wellness, Abundant Living health and wellness. It takes all of us doing this work. Yes. So, I, so, you know, I'm promoting my stuff, but I'm also promoting her stuff because it takes a community. Uh, I can't coach everybody and neither can she, right? Okay. Because we'll both wear ourselves out trying to coach all y'all. So some of y'all need to come to Dr. Tony and some of y'all need to go, to go to Dr. Coleman. All right. Go to Dr. Cheryl. And then some of y'all, when we do work together, come to what we're doing together and yes. she'll take it from one angle and I'll take it from another. And I promise you that your life will be enhanced and enriched. I love the connections that God is helping us to make in this space. Also, you can follow her on Instagram at ministercc, minister, all spelled out, and cc for Cheryl Coleman. Sister, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This has been amazing. Oh, I'm we, so we're not done. This is just the beginning. <laughs> we got work to do, girl. We got so much we're going to do together. You, you gave one of the interventions that help us with compassion fatigue, and that's community. To know that we can do it all, that you know we have to share in the work to, together, and so that 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 yes. you all with it. We're we're, we're, we're together. It's community, and that's why I started the self care network so that we can do this in community. We can't do this alone. Right. Gee, God never designed us to live life alone, right? Mm -hmm. And so when God said when when He said in the uh, that uh, it's not good for man to be alone, uh, mm -hmm. uh, humanity to be alone, that wasn't just in the context of marriage. Husbands and wives, that's all of us. We can't do this thing alone. Then we have to have community. We need to be in community, healthy and whole communities, make healthy and whole people, right? And so that's what we want to be. That's what we're about in the Harmonize Your Life Women's Self-Care Network. That's what Dr. Coleman is about in the Abundant Living Health and Wellness Results Services Center that she um, uh, runs. And we can do this together. Sister, can you just give us, Dr. Coleman, can you give us one last word of encouragement before we sign off? 
Absolutely. And to everybody under the sound of my voice, I want to let you know that you are loved, valued, seen, and heard. And as you know that you're loved, valued, seen, and heard, I want to encourage you and let you know that you can do all things. Those all things simply means caring for yourself as you care for others. Sleep, eat, right? Right? All right. Exercise and have fun in what you do and make sure that you are part of a beautiful community that would help to encourage you. And so I just encourage you uh, to live life to the fullest uh, in an abundant way. God bless. And as I always say, live until you die. All right. Thank you so much, sis. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. I can't, I, I can't wait and to see how um, God is going to help us to continue to do this work together. And I look forward to uh, hearing more from you and supporting you in the work that you're doing as well. All right, everybody, we thank you again for being with us this week on the Harmonize Your Life Conversations on Self-Care for Women of Color podcast with your host, Dr. Tony G. Alvarado. Stay with us as we continue through season 11 of the podcast, and we know that you will be enriched and blessed. Have a harmonious week in Jesus' name. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.